You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Today I'm interviewing Victoria Dunn of Victoria Dunn Collection. I followed Victoria for months back when she was just an influencer and I remember she messaged me asking about the idea of a stationary monogram business. So it's been truly amazing to watch her grow and launch her amazing clothing and accessory brand. Not only did she do this in the past crazy year that we've had, but also got married, planned her whole wedding and everything. So in today's episode, you're going to learn how she did it all. Before we get into the interview, though, I want to thank all of you guys for listening. I love receiving messages, comments, and emails saying how much you enjoyed the podcast. It's a little passion of mine to support small businesses and share their stories so that I love that you guys love it as much as I do. I'd appreciate if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could rate and review it and maybe even share it with a friend or two. You can share on social media or just let someone know via text, however you want to share it. But the more people that I get to listen to this podcast, the more people that I get to interview and share amazing brands and businesses with you. So thank you guys so much for the continued support. All right. So why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and what you do? So my name is Victoria Dunn, and I originally grew up in Canada. So I was born and raised in Bayfield, Ontario, which is a small coastal village right on the water. It kind of borders Michigan on Lake Huron. And then I moved to Toronto for my undergrad in finance, lived there for four years during school, got a job in commercial real estate, super corporate, um, right out of school. And then I met my fiance, I kid you not, three weeks into my job at Company Plane <laughs> in Chicago. So, oh my gosh. I know. Um, so I was at company training and then all of a sudden I look next to me at this super handsome Southern gentleman and we just instantly clicked. You know, a couple um, conversations went by and then we were basically inseparable. Three weeks later, I booked a plane ticket to Atlanta and um, we flew back and forth for nine months. And then I was here all through the pandemic. I decided to finally make the move. I came down on an H-1B visa with my company. So my husband now and I work at the same company, um, but I'm really, really trying to leave pretty soon. Uh huh. And then I bought my first block print dress in September. So I had to go from a very Toronto chic style, I always reference Blair Walder from Gossip Girl, <laughs> to a Southern style. And I wanted to be able to incorporate both. So I found my first block print dress. I bought it from Willow Park in September of 2020, fell in love with it. And then that's basically where the block print fashion kind of came into play. I was finding that a lot of my audience on my personal blog was really changing from Toronto to Southern because that's, you know, where I was living, where I was growing my blog. And then after we got married in February, 2021, it just kind of hit me one day that I wanted to design my own fashion line. I had been pondering for a while, do I do stationery? Do I do napkins? Because I love napkins. I love stationery. I love 
anything with a monogram. Then I was thinking, okay, no, that's just not me. And then I kid you not, one day after the wedding, it just hit me. Um, completely out of the blue, I had gotten my first Araka Palm straw bag from another boutique that I had done a collaboration with. And I just honestly, to put it bluntly, I just thought I could do it better. So I <laughs> of course that I could design my bags from, and then the bags started off with bags, led into earrings. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to do the dang thing. I fell feet first into it and I just did the fashion line as well. Oh my gosh. That all happened so quickly. I feel like because when we were talking a few months ago, you were still thinking more like the stationery and home stuff. And I feel like that was just, you know, not that long ago. So you really had an idea and went for it, which I love, but let's take it back a little bit to the beginning. So as a kid, were you always entrepreneurial and into fashion or is that something later in life you got into? So as a kid, I wouldn't say I was always entrepreneurial but I was always extremely motivated and driven. I knew right away that I wanted to go into business. And then I knew in my second year of college, I opened a children's drop shipping store called Little Lupins. And it was a wonderful business model at the time because I could get the products shipped directly to the customer. But the only flaw with that is you weren't able to quality check it. And the products would take like two months to come in. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the whole Alibaba um, drop shipping method, but that was something that was really hot at the time. So I decided that I was going to do that. And then my schoolwork just got way too intense. So I stopped doing it. So this is my second go around at it. Um, The difference between, you know, the dropshipping model and the business model that I'm doing, I've done a complete 180 on it because here I'm actually getting to create my products and I'm actually getting to hand package it. And I'm fully involved in every single aspect of the design, whereas the dropshipping model that I did for my children's clothing line um, way back, I think three years ago, three or four years ago, you know, I was just handpicking what I saw kind of on the market and selling it as a children's clothing line. So completely different. Got it. So now then you've always had, it sounds like, you know, this drive, like you mentioned, Um, why did you decide to study finance in school then? Like, what was the reason behind that? And kind of talk to me about, you know, your career or your college life then. So, okay, so I get asked this all the time. My original (laughs) degree was marketing. I loved to get into marketing. I did a co-op in graphic design, um, which is basically a placement in Canada. I did an internship in marketing and graphic design. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go in for marketing. And then I had my first marketing class and I tanked it. I think I got a a 55 or a 60. Oh my gosh. I did not do well in the marketing class. And then I said, okay, let me just switch this over to accounting. So I switched it over to accounting and then I didn't do well in the accounting either. I just found it really boring. And then it was a toss up between, because my program at Humber College in Canada, um, I could change my degree until the last two years. So the first two years was basic business. The last two years was business, was my um, actual degree, what I wanted to major in. It was a toss up between finance and fashion. And I went, I remember so clearly thinking about this on the phone with my mom being like, which one do I choose? Because I wanted to do fashion, but I was really nervous of letting my parents down because Uh they didn't really necessarily believe in the fashion degree at the time. 
But at that point, being in third year, seeing that I wasn't exactly loving what I was studying, they just said, go for the fashion. So I ended up choosing finance over fashion because I looked at it this way. I can get any job I want in fashion, in my opinion, with a finance degree, but I can't get a job in finance with a fashion degree. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to expand into commercial real estate appraisal because my end goal was always commercial real estate appraisal Oh. at the time. So my parents were in real estate and um, it was always commercial real estate appraisal through the four years. So I said, you know what? I think finance is going to be best suited for that. And then mm-hmm. I spent the last two years majoring in finance. And to put it honestly, like it definitely wasn't easy. I mean, the courses, like any undergrad program, it's hard. And especially when I I remember walking across the stage and thinking, wow, I just finessed a finance degree out of these people. I (laughs) suck at math. Why are they giving me this finance degree? (laughs) And then I got my job um, at like a top tier six company that works in the financial sector in their commercial real estate division in Toronto. And it it was a huge win for me because I didn't have a high GPA. And to be one of the few who got a job on Bay Street, downtown Toronto, which is actually the building I worked at was where Suits was filmed. Like oh. I, it, was, it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Okay. So during all of this, though, you had your children's clothing brand, though, at the time, right? Yeah. Like when you started your career and in college, correct? I started the children's dropshipping clothing line when I was in my second year of school. So I only had it for about a year. So then I had another year to finish school and then I graduated and then I entered into the um, commercial real estate sector. So I didn't have it for long and it was just when I was in college. Okay, got it. All right. So let's talk about then now Victoria Dunn collection. Like we talked a little bit about the idea of, you know, you had this block print dress that you loved and it kind of blossomed from there. Um, But why, like, why did you decide to start a business? Like, it's one thing I feel like just to love fashion and, um, you know, love this black print dress and just want to buy more. But then what was the idea? Like, you just thought you could do it better and you just wanted a creative outlet then besides what you were doing uh, for your corporate job? Well, the thing is, is that I was always brought up and I think in today's society, you're always brought up to think that you need to go to school enter the workforce and work your way up the ladder. Mm -hmm. So I was convinced at the time when I graduated, that was what I worked four years of school for. I came out with some student debt. I said, you know, I'm going to work my way up the corporate ladder. I'm going to go from analyst to senior associate to vice president to um, director to managing director. And I'm going to, I'm going to have it all. I started working 60 hour weeks at my corporate job day in day out. I would work on holidays Um, with little to no thank yous. And I'm not saying I need a gold star for doing my job, you know, your job, but you know, some appreciation would be nice. Uh And I kind of decided that, Hey, this just isn't working for me. I not really loving the sector that I'm in now and the promotional, like the promotion opportunities and the raise opportunities. It's, it's just not there for me right now. My husband and I, we have the exact same job. He's gotten promoted. He's gotten two raises. And, you know, he is perfectly fine working in a male-dominated industry with a male-dominated team. Mm-hmm. I am all about woman empowerment. I am not fine doing that. I want to be my own boss. I want to be able to see the fruits of my labor. So if I'm working 60, 70 hour weeks, I want to be able to feel that I'm working towards something that I'm not just 
you know, completing corporate deliverables all the time. Uh-huh. So I had to take a serious look in the mirror and say, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? And that's when I had started thinking about stationery and napkins and embroidery. And then, you know, my husband gave me some tough love at the time. He said, get up off the couch and do something about it. He says, if you don't like your job, do something about it. And it was the tough love that I needed because after we got married, I kid you not, it just hit me one day. And I said, this is what I meant to do. So my husband and I discussed, we said, okay, this is going to be the initial budget. And then it multiplied and then it multiplied (laughs) and then it times itself by four times. And he has just been so supportive in all this. Taking the initial plunge is really, really hard, especially with your own heart earned money on the table. Making that investment in yourself is hard, but it's absolutely been life-changing for me. And it's been the best thing that I've ever decided to do. I just need to determine when I'm going to quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love your go-getter attitude. Um, So let's talk a little bit about some of the the first steps to getting it off the ground. Like you had this idea, you had this gumption then. So how did you figure it out? Like, were you on Google a lot? Did you ask a lot of questions? Because first the step is, you know, once you have this idea, then I guess sketching it out, what your designs will look like, getting manufacturer, getting some samples, like that whole process. So talk to me about that process and those steps. So for me, I actually worked backwards. The very first thing I did was I wanted to establish a brand identity. So I had thought really hard, you know, what do I want to call this? And I want people to remember my name. So I decided on Victoria Dunn. I started with, you know, my love for monograms. So I went on Schuler Studios and I, you know, made sure that it was okay if I used one of their napkin monograms for my logo. And I purchased that. I got in contact with um, the Blue Coco who does all my kind of graphic design for me. And I said, this is what I want. I need us to create a vision. So before I even got into the products, I wanted to be able to see my brand. I chose my colors. I chose what I wanted my brand to represent. I chose kind of that toil, palm. I really wanted to be reflection of Charleston. Mm -hmm. And from then, I had to find my biggest hurdles, which was the suppliers. So I remember one of my good friends, um, I was tossing back the idea. I actually had an opportunity to buy into this other business who did a rack of palm at a 50-50. And I just thought to myself, no, I don't. I want to be 100% all me. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my friend and she actually was the one who helped me find the supplier for a rack of palm. Started out with some samples And then I got my samples in, loved them. And then I said, okay, let's start mass producing. And then that same friend helps me find my supplier for block print. Oh, wow. Um, And it truly, you can do it by yourself. It's really easy to do it by yourself, but it is also really beneficial if you have a mentor. Mm -hmm. So I had um, Holly from Holly Shea Design. She was my mentor in a lot of things. She helped me. I owe a lot of my success to her. She helped me become the business that I needed the push. She gave me the push that I needed Mm -hmm. to get things off the ground. And she helped me find the person who makes my dresses. And she helped me find the person who makes my bags for me. So it's just we constantly bounce ideas back and forth off of each other. And having a mentor is just that is something that's priceless. And I hope to do the same for another entrepreneur in the future because it's just something that 
it's very, very difficult. I don't know if I would have been able to, I mean, I eventually would have been able to find it on my own, but it it sped the process up immensely because I didn't have to spend all that time on research to be able to find those suppliers. The suppliers is the hard part. Yeah, exactly. And finding the right fit there. So describe your brand then to those listening who might not be familiar with it. Like how do you describe Victoria Dunn Designs? I would probably describe it as coastal chic, southern, grand millennial, if you love chinoiserie, grand millennial style. Um, I guess that would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, for sure. Um, And also, I know you mentioned your branding a little bit, but your packaging is so beautiful, like the toile that you use and the pink. And um, I just love the packaging. I posted on my stories when I got a package from you and someone was like, Oh my gosh, it was so gorgeous. Um, but so I have to, I think that was smart kind of that you developed your brand identity and then sort of started designing your pieces. Well, I watch a lot of TikToks and I really love watching packaging videos. And I think that TikTok is a platform that not a lot of new entrepreneurs use. Yeah. Huge. I mean, People can blow up overnight on TikTok. So I was doing a lot of research on packaging because for me, especially being a micro-influencer on my personal blog, packaging is huge. When I open a package from a business, I want to feel like I'm getting a gift. It just makes me feel special. So when I was doing my packaging, I got a lot of inspiration from these TikTok videos where it would show you where you can get all your packaging from. Bundle, Noizu, Vistaprint, um, different Etsy shops that offer, you know, custom bags that you can get, Dutch label shop for your labels. So it kind of was like they were giving the gift of telling you where they got their packaging from. So I did a lot of research and I just said, okay, this is my budget. I'm going to spend X per package. And it definitely cuts into my margins, but I have just gotten such positive feedback. And every time I package, I get excited. I love stationery. And I kind of channeled my love for stationery into my packaging. I can totally see it. You did a great job with it. Um, So speaking of, you know, we talked a little bit about TikTok, but how have you been spreading the word and getting the word out about your brand? Um, What were some of the marketing ideas that you've been doing? So originally I was kind of cross promoting it on my personal blog And I got a decent bit of followers from that, but it turns out someone that I was talking to on my personal blog, she had kind of a backup Instagram account. She had her own blog of a million followers and um, she had an Instagram page of about a hundred thousand followers. Her name's Carrie Ann Wood from the Thistlewood Farms. Okay. And she posted me on her Instagram page. So I got a lot of hype from that. I got a lot of hype because um, I made connections with bloggers who have personally influenced me to buy something like yourself, like um, Boats and Boys, like Molly um, Designs. I have three influencers who, if I have personally bought something from them, they're on my influencer list and they're people that I want to help spread the word. So I was kind of able to utilize those connections that I had made through my blog, which was really nice. So they started sharing And then it was just kind of like a snowball effect. I did a giveaway and that was really popular. I mean, before I even launched, I had an email list of about 300 people. So I don't know how to fully answer your question because 
I mean, I just was kind of, you're still in it. Yeah. Well, I'm still learning and I'm still, I'm still sometimes dumbfounded at the the traffic that comes to my website because I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. I know that it was a lot of wonderful customers who pre-ordered something or have gotten something available. They posted it to mommy and me groups or grand millennial groups. And that got the word out a lot. Um, I mean, it's just really been a community. I guess that's the best word that I can describe it. And Definitely. having good photos, having good story strategy, real strategy, and just being extremely personal. I, I think you do a great job at that. And I think even before you officially launched, like you talked about the process and what you were doing and behind the scenes, which I think a lot of people don't do, but there's a lot of value in that because it makes the customer and it makes your followers feel part of it, like they're invested in it. Um, so I think you did a great job with that. And I actually love what you said that you connected with influencers who you've been influenced to purchase something from. I don't think anyone's ever said that answer. And I think that's so, that's so clever. It is. And, you know, being kind of a micro, I don't know if I'd call being a micro influencer myself, I have done, you know, a lot of brand partnerships and um, I know, you know, the time that it goes into creating content. So like I said, yourself and two other influencers, I mean, you guys are kind of my go-to favorite pages for my own personal page. And you all have influenced me to purchase something. And I'm thinking in my head, well, if you've influenced me and I, you know, I can be influenced pretty easily. And (laughs) y'all have been the only ones that have influenced me to actually purchase something from somebody with a platform. I said, I know you will do my brand justice with the photos Uh that you take, the quality that you put out and the way that you carry yourself and you represent yourself. So I wasn't just going to open an influencer list to just anybody. It had to be people that have personally had an impact on my life. Definitely. I love that. So I know, obviously, you're still um, relatively new with the Victoria Dunn business, but what's something so far that you're really proud of with your business? Like, whether it's um, an influencer you worked with or a recognition or maybe like a comment from a customer, like what's something that you're really proud of that you've done so far? There's been a lot of things that have gotten me really, really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, number one being the packaging, pulling it all together and giving my customers that experience. It just fills my heart with so much joy when people message me and they say, I feel so happy, you know, that I opened your package and it felt like a gift. So that was something, you know, right off the bat that I'm really proud of myself for giving people that experience. Another thing would be, you know, I, I don't have any investors in this business. This is just solely me. I'm in the green. I have been become completely well profitable in my first month of sales. And that's something that I'm really impressed about as well, maintaining 100% control of my company and, you know, not needing to turn to others for that, making smart investment choices. So Mm -hmm. that's something that's also been really cool. And then um, I guess the way that I've been growing it so fast, um, I'm in over 26 boutiques across. Which that's amazing. That's a big struggle. I always get questions about. So you've done a good job with, I've seen like, you know, and it's mostly stores that I shop at and follow along with. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's there now. She's there now. (laughs) Yes. So that I think that would have to be my proudest accomplishment. I wanted to be in the boutiques that I personally shopped at. So two friends in St. Simon's was the goal. I absolutely love that store. It is so magical. Every time I go in, I'm just felt so welcomed. Marty always has the newest trends. So I said, 
if I ever design something, I want to be in two friends. Mm-hmm. Park. And also the first boutique I bought my block print dress from, I got in that one, uh, the Gator Bug. There's just, yeah. I mean, there's just so many, I can't even list them all off that I've just been so excited about getting into. And it's just been, when I see them post my items, it just kind of feels surreal because I cannot believe that people are buying it and seeing my items on people and photos and seeing how they make them feel and that they're happy and joyful. That brings me a lot of joy. So I definitely think that would be my proudest thing. My proudest <laughs> is being in the boutiques that I actually shop in. Definitely. And like I said, I, I was impressed by that because I, I feel like that's a question that I get from, you know, clients that I do PR for or even just on this podcast, like getting into retail is hard. And I think sometimes people focus on, you know, their website or retail and not necessarily both. And you've done a good job starting out doing both. Yeah, um, I'm focusing on both a really big priority. And I also love it. I did all this by myself. I'm not on fair. I'm not on any wholesale platform. I reached out. I was personal and I was, I was aggressive. I, I want, I knew what I wanted. Um, two friends said, I want to see your line because sometimes they'll ask you for a sample box or mm-hmm. sometimes they'll want to see it in person. So I grabbed my mother-in-law and we drove on down, showed them the line in person. And then while we were there, we drove another three hours to winter park to the Grove to show them the line. And being personal and building those personal relationships is so important with retailers as well. And that's the best advice I can give. I don't think that you need to be on a platform like fair. I've done very well, not being on a platform like fair, um, just being personal. And I think having that business background is definitely helping me as well. Definitely. What would you say then your biggest challenge has been thus far? Like, was it, you know, initially sourcing, although it sounds like Holly was a great mentor and helped you with that. Um, or is it maybe it's the balance right now for you because you do work a corporate job and you are doing this? Like what, what's been the greatest challenge? For me, there's been two challenges. Number one is time. Time is in, you know, with COVID, there's been a little bit slower production. And I'm the type of person when I get an order in, I package it immediately because I know how it feels to wait for something and it's not the best feeling. So I try to pride myself on having amazing customer service. So when something is on a pre-order or waiting for my samples, I did, you know, samples for everything that I designed before I put it into mass production. Sometimes the production can be a little bit slower because my dresses are coming from India and right now COVID is really bad in India. So my team, I have two teams in India, they have to communicate that with me. And sometimes, you know, just waiting for time and waiting for them to get in, it's a little bit frustrating, because I want to be able to get them to the customer immediately. And then the second balance, the second struggle is like you said, balance, balancing being a new wife, balancing being a dog mom, balancing being a daughter, a daughter in law, a, a friend, a sometimes housekeeper for my husband, there's just tons of things that I have had to now take a that have now had to take a back seat and making my family a priority, making my mental health a priority is just, I'm really struggling with balance right now. You know, sometimes, for example, I'll take a couple hours off, like, yeah, I had a really good couple hours off, but I'm going to get back to it. And yesterday, sorry, Saturday, I took a full day off in five, six weeks. And I was like, this just feels wrong. Like I'm just sitting at the beach. I don't have anything to do, but just sit here and relax. And it just felt wrong. Mm -hmm. I guess balance, prioritizing my loved ones, prioritizing my mental health, prioritizing relaxation. I think that's something that I need, that has been a really big challenge for me. 
Definitely. I mean, especially when you're so passionate about it, it's hard sometimes to um, step back. But so where do you get inspiration from or who inspires you? My biggest inspiration is my favorite designer, Sue Sartor. She is incredible. I owned, well, I currently own three of her dresses. One I was gifted as a collaboration. One I won in a giveaway. And I literally entered that giveaway like 50 times a day. (laughs) And then third one was a wedding present from my husband. And when I pick up a Sue dress, it just feels magical. I just feel like a Southern, a true Southern belle when Mm -hmm. I wear that dress. So I pull a lot of inspiration from Sue. I pull a lot of inspiration from trends that have been done in the past. I pull a lot of inspiration for what is trending now. What is Tucker Nup selling? What Mm -hmm. is all the big, all my competitors selling? What kind of colors are they doing? What kind of blocks are they doing? Mm -hmm. And I also pull inspiration from sketching, from Pinterest, different blocks that I see. Um, so I pull inspiration from a lot of different ways. And a lot of my inspiration comes from my wardrobe as well. Seeing, well, I like this on this dress, but I like this on this dress. And then I want to add this. So creating five dresses into one with making changes. So (laughs) I love that. So who would your dream customer be like an influencer or celebrity, something like that? Like, who do you think is Victoria Dunn, like your pieces? Honestly, again, this goes back to Sue. If Sue Sartor bought one of my dresses or loved one of my dresses, I would just be so excited because, again, I just, I'm always inspired by her and she just is such an incredible designer. Mm-hmm. I like that answer. It's one that I haven't gotten before. <laughs> so what does preppy mean to you? This is the preppy podcast, so I always ask that question. Um, how would you describe preppy? Well, Patricia, I would describe preppy as you to a T. I mean, so I have always loved being preppy. And I, you know, I always got kind of the compliment or the negative thing, oh, you're too preppy. And uh-huh. I think that means having a lot of pep in your step, being joyful, being passionate about what you love. I think you got to wear headbands to be preppy. You got to wear headbands. You got to love tea towels. I mean, the definition of preppy can swing both ways. But in the South, instantly that comes to my mind is grand millennial, chinoiserie, you know, monogram everything, having a certain color palette that you love to use, really knowing who you are. Yes. I like that answer. And that one I haven't. I like that knowing who you are. I think that's a good one for it. Thank you. So let's do some more like fun get to get to know you questions now. So my first one is I want to talk a little bit about your wedding because it was beautiful. So tell me about that. Like, what was the planning process like? Was it long? Was it enjoyable? Um, You got married in Charleston. It just looked it was so you there was like blue and white and just southern and um, you did a great job. So talk to me a little bit about that. What do you liked about it? So Trevor proposed to me in April, 2020. So we set our wedding date for February 28th, 2021. And it's funny how my vision started to change. So when I first got engaged, I wanted that soft pink, peony, golds, you know, that kind of, I want to say like Taylor Swift. Romantic. Romantic, exactly. Romantic wedding inspiration. And then as the time went on, 
when I moved to the South around the same time I bought that first block print dress, I discovered a ginger jar. And everybody always says, always curses the person who showed me ginger jars. My sister-in-law introduced them to me and I just became obsessed. It started out with a note card. And then I decided I want all my personal stationery in that. And I just found that I instantly loved it. So then I said, okay, I need to start transitioning my wedding from that romantic to I want to go all in with ginger jars. Mm -hmm. It was originally doing white jars, and then I just changed it to ginger jars. And I think it's called boxwood or topiary. Yeah. So I wanted a theme. And originally, I didn't want a theme. I had just said, you know, this is the wedding. I... I wasn't passionate about it at all. I was really stressed because none of my friends or family could go. So only my parents were able to attend Aww. my wedding because the rest were in Canada. And with the two-week quarantine, you know, I wasn't overly excited for it. And then I started saying, you know what? I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to stop complaining about the workload, and I'm just going to enjoy the design process. So I worked with my florist in Charleston and to create this beautiful ginger jar kind of paradise. And I pulled a lot of inspiration from Pinterest. And then honestly, I pulled a lot of inspiration just from my note cards and my stationery. I just wanted to create something soft and whimsical and classical music, blue and white everything, but not too, too much blue and white. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain the wedding process, but it was very detail oriented. You know, I wanted to make sure I had custom tags and I wanted to put every single piece of my heart into that wedding so that when people came, they were able to see not just the bride, but my heart and where my joys were pulled from. Yeah. I think you did a beautiful job with it. Like I said, when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is so Victoria. Um, And I think it's funny then that your process or your idea of what you wanted changed. I feel like a lot of people, they might think that, but then they don't do anything about it. And then later they regret it. They're like, oh, I should have done this instead. So I like that you you switched gears. Well, exactly. And I I just said to myself, I don't want to look back in I don't want to look back in five years and wish that I did something different. (laughs) I also want to share something that's kind of cool. So in Canadian culture, usually with weddings, it's paid one third, one third, one third. So the bride's parents pay one third, the groom's parents pay one third, and the bride and groom pay one third. Southern culture, the bride's parents pay for the entire wedding. Yeah, parents were like, heck no, we're not paying for the entire wedding. That's not how it's done here. So that was also a challenge in the wedding as well, kind of navigating. I was... I am blessed with the world's greatest in-laws. So I was actually able to design a lot of the wedding with my mother-in-law because she was down here at the time. And she was so supportive in everything that I wanted to do. And um, both my mother-in-law and my parents just kind of made my dreams come true for the wedding. And we had about 50, 50 people. So it was just small and intimate. And exactly what you said, I didn't want to look back and say, man, I wish that I had done ginger jars. And when I look back at my photos, it just makes me so happy. So I'm Aww. really glad that I did it. That is such a fun fact, though. I did not realize that in Canada, it's it's split that way. But I guess you learn something new every day. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the only bit of like cultural differences that my fiance, well, sorry, my husband and I had ever had to kind of encounter. His parents were like, wait a second, we weren't planning for this. And my parents were like, we weren't planning for this either. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, too funny. So what's your favorite part about living in Charleston now, would you say? I love everything about Charleston. It's hard to pick just one because I grew up in a coastal village 
being on the water is very special to me. It just reminds me of home. And especially now that I'm not able to go home, I'm currently in the process of getting my green card and all my paperwork and everything. And with COVID, it just reminds me of home with the breeze. And I think after living in a city, because I lived in Toronto for four years, for five years, lived in Atlanta for a year, it's just nice to hear peace and quiet, to have the palmetto trees kind of sway in the wind and the smell of fresh cut grass and the seafood and just the atmosphere and the people. I just, Charleston is just where I truly feel like I was meant to be. Oh, I love that. It's a beautiful city. Um, what is one of your favorite resources? Is it, I mean, you mentioned that you actually can learn a lot on TikTok. I'm new to TikTok. I just started on there like a month ago, but you mentioned that that's a great resource for finding packaging, but Mm -hmm. what other places do you look for, um, for, you know, some business advice or is there a magazine or a blog or a person? Like what's one thing that people should look into? Again, it goes back to the mentor. I think having an ally, somebody that you can talk to and bounce ideas back of, it is a lonely business sometimes, especially Mm -hmm. when you are an empowered female, you're all by yourself, um, working on your business, growing your business by yourself. It's not like your friends will understand when you tell them, oh, I did a new design or, oh, we hit X in sales or, oh, Mm -hmm. we did this, this, and this, or I'm having problems with this. I'm having challenges with this. So having that special person that you can talk to and who can relate to you is really important. So a resource would be absolutely a mentor or a friend in the business is the best resource I can recommend. Or simple questions like, what size of boxes do you use? What do you use for this? Well, where do you get your tissue paper done? Just somebody that you can talk to that they might be your competition, but most importantly, they're your friend. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So this might be a hard question, but what is your favorite piece on your site right now? I know obviously you love everything, but right now kind of what's something that you're really into? I love the Magnolia Garden flutter dress in purple. I just feel so good in that dress. And then I love our Bougainvillea tote. Those are two of my go-to pieces all the time. Yeah, your bags are so beautiful. And um, I don't have one of your dresses yet, but I imagine it's just as beautiful as um, the robe that I have. (laughs) Yeah. What are some of your favorite accounts to follow on social media? So I used to be really into following larger bloggers. Mm -hmm. And again, this goes back to when my blog um, kind of shifted from that Toronto style to that Southern style. So I love Megan Stokes. I love Mm -hmm. things she shares. I love, I don't know how to say her last name, but Julia B. Yeah. Who used to be Gal Meets Glam. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love everything that she has on her blog. Um, I love what she posts. I love what she wears, how she styles her home. So those are two accounts that I always thoroughly enjoy following. And then believe it or not, a lot of them are just my friends who post incredible, you know, trends with the napkins and with the home line to just people that have very similar interests as me. I get a lot of joy out of following those, following those. That goes back to the whole, I collaborate with influencers who influence me because they give me so many cool ideas. Mm-hmm. I think you were actually the one to show me acrylic sticks. And oh. <laughs> I'm obsessed with those now. And yeah. foundations, I was like, okay, I can justify paying like $15 for some stir sticks. And I got them in. I was like, okay, 
what was I thinking? Why was I waiting so long? These are awesome. <laughs> so just, again, I don't know more off the top of my head, but just friends who I can be personal with and who have influenced me and kind of helped me through that transition from Toronto to Southern. My good yeah. friend, Tyler, um, from Boats and Boys, she was a lot of my inspiration for my Southern line, actually, because I remember asking her questions just, well, what do you buy? You know, I don't know what to look for. Do you have any recommendations? I want to start adding Southern pieces into my line, sorry, into my wardrobe. And she always gave a good recommendation. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Tyler's so sweet. I know. I love her and her little daughter is just the cutest mommy. Yes. Best, so. <laughs> She's precious. Uh, what about some brands you loved? Uh, and obviously Holly, obviously Sue, anyone else you want to give a little shout out to? Um, I love Crosby by Molly Birch. I think mm-hmm. her pieces are vibrant and colorful, and I think she's brilliant. I love Emily McCarthy. I yeah. love the simplicity of her blue and white pieces. I'm trying to think. Oh, Le Bazaar Costel. Love yes. She creates pieces where she only sells them in quantities of 10, and I think that is really unique and really cool. I'm trying to think of more fashion brands, but I love Pagoda Paper for stationery, acrylic yeah. sticks. I love WH Hostess. I love Paddock Threads, who does my monogram napkins. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's just an array of brands that represent me, an array of brands that I love. I genuinely love their products, and whether they're gifted or whether they're I purchase them, I mean, I would purchase them time and time again. Mm-hmm. They're just awesome products. Yeah. That's exactly how I am. Um, so what's next for you? Any sneak peeks of like a new collection or a new style, something that people can look out for? So I currently will get my fall samples July 15th, and you can expect to see a lot of indigos, navies, whites, raspberry, green. I'm expanding into some lure fabric. And then for spring and summer, I am expanding into specialty fabric, so I'm not just going to be doing block print. I want to do violet, Swiss dot. I want to be doing um, a silk holiday collection. So definitely my horizons in fabrics as well. I think that's going to be really cool and really different because there's never too much block print, but I think that it's good to have a variety and be well-rounded. Definitely. I'm excited for these silks for holiday. They sound amazing. I know. Awesome. Okay. So my final question is where can people find you that are listening? Like let everyone know your website address, your social media handle, all of that stuff. So you can find me on my website, victoriadundesign.com. You can find me on Instagram at Victoria Design. You can find me on my blog at professional and posh and, you know, inquiries are always welcome. I always kind of direct you, direct you to my Um, other social media pages, but I'm more than happy to discuss any questions or you can just email me if you ever want to chat at Victoria at VictoriaDunnDesign.com. Awesome. And that's done with two ends. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Victoria. This was so cool to finally talk with you after following each other for so long and get to know a little bit more about you and your business. I know. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when you sent me that email. I was like, yes, finally I can become a <laughs> podcast because I listened to it so much by myself. So this has been such a treat. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.